Welcome to The One, the podcast for dating from your most vibrant and authentic self. My name is Gina Catherine, and I am a confidence coach for love and sex. We know that we need to love ourselves, but nobody explains to us how to actually do this. This podcast has advice and practices on how to do just that. My mission is to help women deeply connect to their bodies, hearts, and minds. When we know, accept, and love ourselves, we draw in amazing partners and incredible experiences. I offer these words from the perspective of a usually straight, cisgendered, divorced, middle-aged white woman. It is my heartfelt hope, though, that there are nuggets for anyone to use in their sex, love, and relationships. In this podcast, I will invite you to let go of the piece of you that hopes for love but is skeptical and ask you to believe and take action in dating from a place of deep self-worth. The one exists and they are you. With that, let's dive deep into this week's episode of The One. In 1992, author Gary Chapman wrote The Five Love Languages. Couples and singles ate it up. Over 20 million copies have been sold since then. In this episode, I will put a slight spin on the love languages and add a few more, well, six more at the end. Chapman writes that knowing your love language and knowing your partner's love language helps a relationship last. We often show love by how we want to receive love, and that just doesn't always match up to the other person's languages. So knowing your love language and theirs are both important to be sure. Even after taking Chapman's quiz, reading his book, even when each person in a relationship knows and understands their love languages, why are we still struggling? What I invite you to think about is this. Do you offer yourself your love languages? Let's go through Chapman's five, and I will explain what I mean by that question. The first one is physical touch, offering sexual and non-sexual touch. Do you ever complain that your partner just doesn't offer you hair caresses or slow, relaxed stroking, though you do this for them? Well, have you tried offering yourself this love language? Do you caress your cheek in an adoring way? Do you make love to yourself the way you want a lover to? Do you light candles, explore your physical body during self-pleasure? Do you give yourself the kind of touch you crave? Do you long to ask for some body part to be worshipped, but you have never gone there yourself with your own hands? Do you take responsibility for your own physical pleasure? By knowing what feels good, by practicing with just you, physical touch is about pleasurable sensation, and pleasure starts with you. Number two is acts of service, actions that make a loved one's burdens lighter. Oof, this is a big one for a lot of us. We want someone to give us just one day where we do not have to be the one to walk the dog, prepare the lunches, manage the money, the schedules, the meals, the shopping, the appointments, the yard. When you share a home with someone else, these burdens usually get divvied up, and then taking on your partner's share for an hour or a day is such a wonderful bonding act. When you're dating and you live alone as the head of the household with no other adult, it can feel amazing to have a romantic interest, notice something that needs to be done for you, and take it off your hands. 
I remember in my early 20s, I once dated a boy who drove to my house after a huge snowstorm and shoveled my walk and car. This was a gesture I remember to this day, decades later. It was so thoughtful and so attentive. Someone went out of their way for me. But had he asked me, I would have refused this sweet act of service. I couldn't really accept acts of service until about five or six years ago. I still struggle with this love language. Letting people do things for me is a core wound from childhood, and it has made me fiercely independent, and it's also something that I have used in the past to keep people at a distance. I'm good, don't worry about me. But then I would be miserable and resentful because, oh, I'm such a giver, but no one does anything for me. Once I became aware of this pattern, I began to offer myself acts of service. I reminded myself I didn't have to act like the stoic badass who could do it all herself. And I began talking and acting in ways that took burdens off my own plate by saying no. And here you can go back and check out my podcast episode on boundaries by starting my day asking, what can I do to make this day easier? I really needed practice accepting acts of service. I started with non-romantic partners and people started showing up for me in acts of service. It was a love language that I had rejected as not my thing, but it's now one that I deeply cherish. A third on Chapman's list is receiving gifts, tangible and physical items that reflect thought and effort. My question is, do you give yourself high quality thoughtful gifts? Have you ever picked out something and sent it to yourself with a note that says, I thought of you when I saw this. Do you feel worthy of receiving gifts? Can you practice receiving with yourself? Do you celebrate gifts that you have given? And by celebrate, I mean with gratitude and the acknowledgement that you're worthy of super cool gifts. Give them to yourself and don't beat yourself up for having done it celebrate yourself. Don't listen to any voices in your head that tell you you don't deserve a thoughtful gift. When you get super comfortable offering and receiving gifts in a tender and just playful way with yourself, the receiving of gifts from others will not feel weird or manipulative. You'll just get so much joy out of receiving gifts and giving them too. Number four is quality time. This is defined as focused and undivided attention together. This is another tough one to offer ourselves. We're taught that asking for time alone is rude or mean or at the very least taking time from someone else. But meditation, a night home alone with a favorite movie and guacamole is divine. It feeds you. I was once told that my frequent reading of books was selfish, as if I should be doing something else something for others. That's BS. Go ahead, prioritize exercise, meditation, reading, or whatever alone time floats your boat. It's not a competition between your time with yourself and your time with your partner. One-on-one quality time with yourself only has the power to bring you to a more centered place, and this brings you into greater connection to others. Five, words of affirmation. This one is so yummy. If you're a person who praises others but does not like to get compliments, I wonder how it would feel to just flood yourself with words of affirmation. Give some thought, what do you want to be appreciated for? Your wit, your generosity, your ass, your organizational skills, and then tell yourself every single day in your journal, 
in the mirror, in the shower, in the car, in the break room at work, in the swim lane, on a hard phone call. I am beautiful. I am a fantastic negotiator. I'm good with money. My ass looks amazing in these leggings. Whether you feel it's true or whether you deeply want to feel it's true, give yourself the words of affirmation. Those are Chapman's five love languages. Next are ones I want to add from Dr. Nicola Perra, who's also known as the holistic psychologist. If you've not read her book, How to Do the Work, take some quality time right now and go gift yourself that book. Her Instagram is also hot too, and she adds there five additional love languages. The first is understanding your partner's trauma. For this, each partner needs to be conscious of their personal trauma to include childhood wounding. Harville Hendricks did this really cool study that showed the power of sharing your trauma with a romantic partner. In the study, they ran tests on how telling your trauma while in the arms of a lover has more healing power than any other relationship dynamic, including the therapist-patient container. It's so powerful. And then Dr. LaPera talks about nervous system awareness. Everyone is all, is all in on regulating the nervous system lately, but all this really means is being aware of when your body is in fight, flight, freeze, or fawn mode. Nervous system awareness is just about understanding the signs, knowing what works for you to regulate this response, to get yourself back into a calm state. Commitment to each other's freedom. Freedom to grow, expand, think fresh thoughts, explore religion, sexuality, or career changes. In the spirit of this episode, are you committed to your own personal freedom? Or do you limit yourself? Do you make excuses why you can't climb Kilimanjaro or write a novel? Commit to your own freedom. Knowing when your egos are speaking. Understanding the ego voice is a thoroughly worthwhile endeavor. And then finally, she talks about non-judgment and non-interference. Show up for yourself in loving compassion and non-judgment, and this practice will call in others who treat you the same. You'll also notice the quality of non-judgment and non-interference in others when you stop judging and interfering with yourself. I just want to add the very special language of the esthete, the beauty of the written word, art in all forms, music, though I think there's another category for music called the mellophile, but I'm just going to lump it all in here. There's a really special magic, a portal that goes straight to the heart and the turn on of the esthete. Rupi Kaur wrote in her book of poems, how you love yourself is how you teach others to love you. Take the love language quiz, but don't let the quiz results limit you. Remember your commitment to your freedom. Learn the art of checking in with yourself and your body on how you want to be loved in every unique moment. Give and receive in the ways that feel good. Stretch and try on the other ways. Check in with your body. This will help you to know if this rejection of a certain love language is due to some wound or it's just not your cup of tea. Not your cup of tea will feel neutral, not really stimulating enough to feel like anything in the body. A rejection from an old wound to a love language will feel like a message. It'll feel like a big contraction, like nausea or a sensation that's trying to get away from the love. 
Get curious about the reaction like that. Get some coaching or therapy for clarity. Reach out to me if you feel like some of these skills would benefit you to get closer and more deeply in love. I wish you all of the love languages. Heartfelt thank you for listening. I am honored every time you choose the one. Loving yourself does not require perfection. Big, juicy love requires us to get curious, to offer ourselves what we are searching for in others, and know that from this place of love and power, we magnetize amazing connections. Please do all the actions to keep the one podcast rolling. Share with others who may need to hear this episode. Like, download, sleep with me under your pillow. Click on the link in the show notes to subscribe to my monthly newsletter. And then listen every Monday and Thursday to get ever closer to the love that you so deeply deserve. You can also follow me on Instagram where I have tons of fun content to inspire you to be the one. You are loved by me.